Pinado! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Yeah, we're doing basically a full hour of people from Wisconsin. <laughs> We had Jared Kelnick for about 20 minutes, and now the Skipper's got service sitting down. Uh, I assume you're uh, just out of your darkness retreat. Is that correct? Uh, I don't do darkness retreat. No, I thought it was a Wisconsin thing. I, now that I, Aaron Rodgers uh, was doing it, I figured you'd you know, kind of do the same the light. thing. Like, oh. I have seen the light. Wow, so no I darkness do, retreat no darkness for you. Retreat All right. No. Just ch- you done with Aaron Rodgers? You done with him in Green Bay land? I've seen the light. <laughs> I've seen the light. Can you imagine if you had to deal with that as a, as a coach and yeah, a manager? There's always challenges. Anytime you look at a roster. <laughs> and what they bring, and uh, that evolves. That changes over time as well. So uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Mariners. What is the best thing about camp this year? Ooh, um, I do not have to answer questions about being the longest professional sports organization without reaching the playoffs. That is the best thing about this camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is quickly uh, being pushed aside, and now it's about uh, getting our guys ready. Um, you know, we've talked uh, all off season. We uh, like our team. We've added some key guys that I think are really going to help. And now we've got to go out and do it. We've got to get in shape, get ready to go, and, and get ready to tee it up on uh, March 30th. How much differently do you manage this team from the start of this spring training to the team that you managed six, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the process that we go through every spring, or I know myself and coaching staff, I'm really big on going back to ground zero, start over again, don't assume anything. Even though now we, we do have, uh, you know, some some of the same faces in here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've built some trust with our players and they understand the program, but don't assume anything. Uh, it goes back to the old Vince Lombardi principles. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got to, you know, start with what got us here and, and continue to harp on that about controlling the strike zone and things like that. So if that stays the same, I think the difference a little bit, you do have relationships with guys. You understand them a little bit more now. And I, I, I will say it's nice to see our guys carrying themselves a little bit differently. And they should. We, we gained a ton of experience last year. And along with that comes a lot of confidence with how we played down the stretch, and, and you see that confidence walking out on the field every day. So our guys know where we're at. We know we need to continue to get better, and that's the focus. How many decisions do you need to make down here in terms of the roster and what that looks like? Well, I think it's much different than previous years. It seems like every year I've been here, you're always, oh, there's the fifth starter spot, or there's there's different things in your bullpen, or who's the utility guy going to be, who's going to win the, the different starting jobs. And not so much this year. We have some competitions, and there's always surprises. You come into camp, and there's been three or four guys already i'm like whoa this guy's gonna help us he may not be with us on march 30th but he may be with us on may 1st <laughs> you know when things start to happen you start settling with your team and unfortunately injuries happen and you know there'll be opportunities for a lot of guys so i like our depth uh again we've got to get him in shape get him ready to go well you i, I you used 59 players last year so i i, I do want to talk about some of that depth etc but you mentioned the fifth starter spot and that does seem to be one of those competitions with two guys both veterans who've been around for a while how are you going to make that decision? Well, I think it's something you don't have to make on February 28th. Yes. Uh, I think you let it play out throughout the spring. Uh, both guys will get stretched out. Um, they are starters in our mind. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. You know, obviously with, with Marco, Marco's been a starter his whole career. Uh, that's where he fits in the starting rotation. Uh, Flex has done some different things. He could pitch out of the pen, you know, if it doesn't work with him in the starting rotation. And, and we'll make the, the best decision for our team to put the best 13-man pitching staff together. 
that gives us a chance to win early on in the season. Now, that may shift. That may change as the season goes on. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But February 28th, each of those guys have got one outing under their belt, and they look pretty good. Do you know who your opening day starter is? Uh, Are you prepared to name an opening day starter? You know, today? I do this to me every, every year, Salky. So. <laughs> it's February 28th. We'll see who how the outing goes today. Oh, today. <laughs> who's pitching today? Justin, remind me. Who's on the mound today? I just got to make sure. Is that the ace? Ah, oh, that would be the ace. Okay. No, Luis Castillo. The Rock. Oh, and I'm making the La Piedra <laughs> fist up right yes. here. Okay, we're just checking. Yeah. He seemed pretty excited when he came out earlier. It's Is there a pitch. chance he could start opening day? There's a chance. Okay, just one. Yes, okay, there you go. Bro- breaking news. Football coaches, Scott, have taught me over the years about asked him about tackling because they don't hit anymore right mm-hmm. it's really hard to hit and how can i judge and evaluate and project tackling and they would say special teams is a great way they look at it how do they cover a kick how do they take angles on a punt like it just kind of opened my eyes defensive guys on how they judge tacklers how do you judge what are the things that you look for between confidence and i've arrived confidence of you know you're, you're right i said it to sulk the other day like man it just feels different there's like an aura of these guys know what they accomplished last year but but they also know, and I'm sure are being challenged, that you haven't arrived. We haven't gotten to the ultimate goal. So how do you judge the difference between confidence and I've arrived? Yeah, I think, you know, I've never met a player that walks into this camp or walks on a major league field that doesn't, you know, feel like, you know, they have to feel like, you know, I'm the best player on the field, whatever. But then they, they may, it may be a little bit more of an act. And I think you find out about people when things aren't going so well. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that takes the 0 for 10 to start off spring training. Is there like, you know, wide-eyed panic look in his eye? Or is it like, hey, man, I'm okay. I'll get there. I'll spend a little extra time with the hitting coach. So it's like how you handle a little adversity when it's not going your way. You know, is it is it fake or is it real? And real confidence is, ah, I got this. You know what I mean? And, and we, we continue to, to, to move in the right direction. But it, it, for me, it's, it's pretty like I, I hit on it all the time. You guys are probably sick of me saying it. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we did last year. We've got to focus on getting better. You know, and is it, is it, is it going to be able to take the next step? or our next couple steps to get where we ultimately need to go. And, you know, I, I believe our team has come together so much in that clubhouse. And when you go through things like we did last year, you know, I go back to last year, the last, you know, we had that last road trip, which didn't go well. Seven on the last trip, we lose a 10-run lead, and you're like, oh, my God, this thing could fall apart. The chicken Littles were falling everywhere. Oh, yeah, yes. you guys. Not you. Ten. Look at me. I'm not it's looking at you. I'm looking town. at me, yes. What are we doing? They're gonna but <laughs> I mean, I thought that the team could have been better managed during that. <laughs> trip. I mean, other than that, everything's fine. the manager's fine. fault. Right. Sure we're clear on that's that. That's the only way yeah. people lose. Teams that's, lose that's, is when the manager screws no it up. Question, With no this kind of talent, Brock? Yeah, it's it. But I think, you know. Focus on getting better um, and yep. what that's going to take and what's it going to entail. You have to be willing to push yourself, push the limits a little bit, and, and be uncomfortable. Because uh, if you just stay comfortable, we're probably going to get to where we need to go. Yep. Who are some X factors for this year where if, if they have a great season, you guys are, you know, it's going to really work out. If they are don't. you serious with that question? <laughs> Give me some Come on, man. You guys have been talking about this for three months. And you're going to drop that on me on February 28th? You know so you take is. a managerial shot. He's going to take a radio show. Oh, <laughs> like, wait, yeah. oh, my gosh. I wish I had your guys. Job. He's just mad at me because yeah, I was let me teasing. Say, we'll bring a service on here. What's going to be the He's mad at me because I was teasing him yesterday, oh, and uh-huh. now he's all mad No, he saw your tweet. You tweeted out to Poto striking him out. You oh, tweeted that out. I didn't tweet that. I heard that that's Every floating year around. that shows up at this time of year. <laughs> I'm good. just glad we got another person roasting salt today. What is going on? Everybody's killing me down here. target. Is that the case? Are you making a fat joke now? Thanks a lot. You brought it up. I did. <laughs> you brought it up. We were talking about some of these guys who maybe they're not going to make the opening day roster. Wow, I was able to divert you that quickly. Yeah. 
A plus for me. But this I'm, is how you deal with the media. No, I'm right back. Okay, I I'm love right it. back to I'm right back it. to the question in another direction. This is the highlight of my day. Um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Go ahead, Soggy. You got some guys that might not make the might not make the opening day roster. Yes. Evan White who hit a home run yesterday. Mm-hmm. Casey Sadler who we've been watching. But when I think about using 59 players last year, you know how important are some of those other guys, and who are some of them that that maybe we're not talking about yet, but you're noticing them because they might be pretty valuable at some point over 162. Yeah, there, there's there's quite a few guys. Like I said, you know, you put them in that bucket. They are good enough to make our opening day roster. Will they or not? We'll see how it all plays out, but they will play a key role for us. And it's something I talked about in our opening meeting as I looked around the room. And you don't necessarily have to start the season with us to play a key role. And I turned around and I said, George, would you agree with that? Because <laughs> George Kirby was on our opening day roster last mm-hmm. year. And I think he played a pretty integral part to what we were able to accomplish. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But we do. You know, there's there's multiple bullpen arms that I think will help us at some point. Uh, God forbid you have injury. But it is probably going to happen. Somebody's going to go down at some point. For whatever, hit by pitch, run into wall, whatever is going to happen. So you need to have some capable guys stepping in there. Uh, the fact that we have guys that can play multiple positions and move around the field is super valuable uh, to me. And you don't, you're going to lose a little bit, but it's not like a complete total drop off. And now uh, you're just going a different direction with it. So we've got guys that can do a lot of different things there. And it gives an opportunity to look if something happens to Cal Raleigh or Tom Murphy, you know, who's going to be our third catcher? Who's the guy that can come up and fill in for 10 days or a couple weeks? You know, that's a real competition, you know, and watching how these guys handle the pitching staff and how they different game situations that come up and, and whatnot, it, it all matters. And, uh, you know, these kids, I think everybody comes to spring training. Oh, it's relaxed. It's nice. You get, you know, the fans are out here. There's a certain vibe around this camp this year. You felt it. The people from Seattle that are down here, the expectations are higher. And, uh, you know, I, I think our players to, to understand, like our players are still like they're fighting for opportunity. They're fighting to put themselves a little bit higher on the depth chart. So even if they don't make the team out of spring, they're in a great spot. They go out to Tacoma or they go to Arkansas and they get off the good start and bam, they're here before they know it and you take off from there. I came in a little hot yesterday, Scott, not going to lie. I came in a little hot just to watch Jared throwing medicine balls against the wall, just athleticism. It's combine week. I was a little out of control <laughs> yesterday, but I'm reminded 14 years ago, we, weird. we started the show in 09, 14 years ago. In the first camp, I'm like, where are the buff dudes? Like, where are the athletes? Like, it was a bunch of dads in this clubhouse. Easy there, pal. And now I'm looking. <laughs> that's 14 years ago. It's before you got here. And now I'm looking at the caliber of athletes, and I'm looking at Jared, and, and I'm looking at Julio, and they could go to the NFL Combine this week, and and they would hold their own and more. Just the caliber of athleticism all across this board. Intentional? Just the direction the game is going today? Or, you know, hey, this yeah, this is we fell into some of these, or it was just a very concerted, we have got to up our athleticism and the caliber of athlete. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, and I, and I think it's by design. And I always think, like, do they look the part when they step off the bus? You know, that, that all line. I think mm-hmm. we do. We mm-hmm. do look the part when we step off the bus. And, you know, you see the young pitchers walking around here. And, and you know, it, it helps to be six foot four, two 230 pounds. And even if you're only 22 or 23 years old, the projection is there on these guys. And you see young Harry Ford walk around. Harry Ford's put together. Yes. And we he saw just, that yesterday. just turned 20 years old. 
You know what I mean? So the first box is checked. They look yep. the part. <laughs> I yep. think the, filling in the other boxes takes a little time. Sure. And, uh, but credit to our players, uh, our strength and conditioning program, our whole HP program. They're really on top of these guys all year long. A lot of these guys have their own personal trainer they use in the mm-hmm. offseason, but in conjunction with what we're doing and communicating with those guys to understand these are your deficits. Let's address this in the offseason. You know, can you maybe shed a few pounds or maybe you redistribute your pounds and what it looks like, you know, in a uni. And then it's all tied to what's helps them perform better on the field. Of course, right. it's not just looking good in the uni, but uh, it's lining up. We we got guys that look the part. We got some guys that are just great baseball players, yep. and maybe don't look quite the part. Yep. And that works too. Yep. That's the beauty of baseball. Yep. Um, you know, in the football, you know, the offensive lineman, you better you you better be this big. You better be this fast. You know, baseball they come in all different shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. and, and that really is the beauty of it. We a year ago were probably asking you every five minutes about Julio. Is he going to make the team? What is he capable of? This, that, and the other. <laughs> you get the incredible moment in your office where you told him that he had made the team, etc. And then we all got to witness just that magical ride last year of really learning about who this young player was. As he comes into camp this year, Brock and I found ourselves talking quite a bit about his, you know, what's ahead of him and some of the challenges that hit every single young potential superstar demands from all over the baseball world. The, cha- the all-star game is going to be here this year. He's he's charismatic. He's got the face of baseball kind of written all over him and top five in the league kind of potential. We also at the same time been pointing up at this board of legends up here and looking at Junior and Ichiro and thinking about how they dealt with it, mostly in positive ways. And the guy who's not on that board, Alex Rodriguez, who maybe didn't deal with it uh, necessarily in the most authentic of ways mm-hmm. as he grew into it. How do, how do you help Julio navigate what seems to me to be an incredibly challenging uh, river ahead of him. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great point. Um, very drawn out. Sorry. Great question, but yes. you did a hell of a job with it. Well, I was trying uh, to. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, you know, it, it's real. Um, I, I think when you talk about young players like that and where he's at in his career um, for the seat that I sit in, I just want to touch Julio every day. It may not be physically touched, but I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get up close. I'm going to check in, and it's every day. Okay, and there'll be a time in maybe four or five years down the road where I'm not having or or feel like I need to do that. But I think it's really important for young players. I mean, I got my eye on you. Like, make sure we stay on the right path. And, and he's done a fantastic job. And there has been a lot of things thrown at him. And, you know, we give him a hard time in the morning meetings about the commercials and what's going on there, which are great. And he's good at it. And I think he enjoys it. That's why he's good at it. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't want to, like, I don't want to see. I love seeing Julio in those commercials because I know that when he comes to work the next day, it's going to be about what I need to do to get better today to make sure that I get off to a better start than I did last year. He can still really improve on last year's season, really improve. You know, he kind of got to the you – know, things weren't going early. We talked a lot about how he didn't panic, and it turned around for him. Credit to him. Uh, but there's there's areas uh, of growth for him um, all over the place, and that's what excites us most about him. That's why we gained the long-term commitment. We were sitting 10 feet from you yesterday at the ballpark. <laughs> Your reaction when Julio crashed into the wall was what? <laughs> Hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see you move much in no, that. Game. I had my eye on him, and then I came in, and uh, he says, oh, I'm fine. I said, I thought you were going to catch it, man. <laughs> And he said, oh, I'll catch that in Seattle. Don't worry about it. I got that T-Mobile. And he gives me one of these. It's the no-fly zone. T-Mobile's the no- I said, I know, Julio. T-Mobile's the no-fly zone. 
Uh, it was uh, unbelievable. He almost caught that ball. Uh, and, you know, you have to play the game. You can't worry about don't run into this wall or don't slide into this base. You have to go play the game. That's what makes that's the beauty of Julio. It's it's uh, the innocence, the joy that he plays with, and they don't ever want to take that away. And, uh, you know, fortunately, he didn't get hurt. Nothing happened there. We'll move on to today. He's actually off today. Played back-to-back days. He's off today. He'll be back in there tomorrow. 30 minutes ago, Salk asked Kelnick a great, concise question. I mean, How long did it take to get it out of his mouth? No, right. no. He, he, was, he, was, he was on it. He said, hey, that's if a, baseball never... Enough. If, <laughs> we're sensitive. Yeah. Sheesh. Okay. He said, if baseball never worked, what would you be doing? Well, that's a question I throw out in the morning meetings. Really? Is it really? Do you yeah. know what he said? What did he say? If baseball what didn't he, work... What do you what, think he said? Yeah, if baseball didn't work for you, right? It just, you know, baseball's a hard The answer's game. perfect. I hadn't really thought is. of it, but once he said it, it was like, oh, yeah, that works. I don't know. That's what, what I asked what, what job would Jared Kelnick be doing? He said he would be a Navy SEAL. Ooh, that's legit. <laughs> that is legit. Isn't that what he would that be doing? That is it. It is about as structured... Like disciplined, getting after it every day. He loves the grind. Like that. That is it. Know thyself. Yeah. Like he's got a pretty good sense of who he is yeah. and what makes him tick. I, I'm so fascinated by him, and I, I know we ask you a lot of questions about him. And I, and I think at times there's a sense that he's that there's a lot of questions about him because people don't trust him. Or I just think he's fascinating. He's unlike most other baseball players. Mm-hmm. Brock was asking me for some comps. I said maybe personality wise, almost like Cliff Lee. With that sort of straight-up intensity and, and narrow-minded focus. I don't know. That, we're reaching because there aren't a lot of guys. Josh Donaldson, maybe, yeah. uh, is another name that I came up with. How is his headspace right now? Uh, you know, it's probably as good as I've seen it. He's you know, He's gone through a little adversity. Things haven't gone his way. Uh, I think he's learned from it. Uh, I think he's wanting to continue to grow. He knows he's got areas he needs to get better at, not just in the batter's box, but different areas about you know being a better teammate and, mm-hmm. and understanding what it takes to be a part of a winning team and whatnot. And he's embracing it. Um, he's looking forward to it. A ton of credit to him. He's worked very hard this offseason on his entire game and, and who he is as a person. He's growing up. This is what happens with the young people, you yep. know. I've raised three kids that they have those moments that, you know, you scratch your head and you, you hope they, they grow out of it. And what's we're seeing, he's growing out of it. Um, he's in a really good spot. I'm really excited to hear the music today during batting practice. Mm. You know, somebody, you know, we switch it up about every other day, whatever. We have a different player. and. We had let guys pass on to me. Who's in charge of the music today? And somehow it got it thrown over to, to Jared. He was going to be in charge of the music today. And, and Gino piped up. He's like, hey, how come we don't have any Latin music on there? And he's right. You know, we got to mix it. So Jared and Gino got together and oh. put the soundtrack together today for today's BP. Ooh. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, And the too. reason I bring it up is like, uh, and, and Jared Kelnick is looking forward to that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No, Gino's not going to be able to transfer the songs over. He's going to get the technical part of it. That's what Kelnick's there for. But, but Gino can sing. Gino, Gino can today. sing. He can sing. He's ready to go. We have a uh, little band coming up here on Friday. We've got a little performance, group in the clubhouse. Mm. Gino's going to be lead singer. Does he have the best voice on the team? Without question. Wow. Although Harry Ford's coming in close second. Wow. But Harry Ford's multi-talented. He will play the saxophone in our band. Really? Oh, yeah. Who else is in the band? He's got skills. Can't give it all away. Sorry. you got to get running to watch these guys. Uh, last question. You read much your reader you, you love learning uh michael lewis guy oh, yeah. that, that i love mm-hmm. do you see his new little book he, and it's about an hour read okay. it's coach 
Hmm. And it's on the baseball coach at Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans. Cool. Where he played. And I'm telling you, I'm going to bring it to you yeah, tomorrow. It's, nice. it's about a 40-minute read. And almost verbatim, you talk about failure. You talk about fear. You talk about authenticity. And this coach is like getting run out of New Orleans right now because he's too hard on the kids. Right? His, his message, and even though he's molded and everything else, an amazing book, an amazing story. It makes me think about just managing. Whether it's managing 17 to 20-year-olds or 18-year-olds or managing this cast of characters, you never stop growing. You really don't, and, and you you have to be able to evolve in, in any role, any leadership role. Yep. Um, if you're running a, a big company, whether you're running the Mariners, whatnot, and, and understanding that things are going to change. I'm much different now than I was you know, six, seven years ago. I, I've learned. Uh, I've learned that I, I need to uh, you know, change in, in certain areas and listen to players and mm-hmm. listen to coaches, and, and it has helped, it's helped the whole program here. Uh, you know, I still, at spring training, the highlight of my day is crazy sound is that half-hour meeting get to do in the morning. We don't talk about baseball. It's not about X's and O's. It's about the people in the room and, and understanding their background and where they came from, how important that is. We had Colton Wong up yesterday. It was great. We did the intro, you know, the Hawaiian music, and he jumps out of his seat. He runs up there, and you start asking the questions about, and he talked about, you know, one of the questions I throw out there, what's been your hardship? What adversity have you had to overcome to get in this room? And he's had some. He told us about it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, getting picked off yeah. to end a World Series yeah. game. He said he lost his mother, I yes. think it was, soon afterwards. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I mean, he's gone through it. Yes, and, but what that does, it just it, it, it locks in the entire room. And everybody walks out of there. You know who feels best when they walk out of that room? Colton Wong. He got a little vulnerable. His teammates recognized it. They appreciate it. And now, all of a sudden, he just sucks right into the group. It's, it's the beauty of managing and, and working with people. Then you just try to create those platforms. You don't always know what's going to come up. Yep. You know, we interviewed Hemerson Hancock this morning. He's from Georgia. Went to University of Georgia. Big Georgia Bulldogs fan. Uh, I asked him a question. One person, one celebrity in your life, if you could meet, who would it be? He threw out Kirby Smart on the spot. Yep. And Patrick, our crack uh, video crew running the program. I said, is there any chance we could pull Kirby Smart opening game, opening speech to the team before they went out for the national championship game? It was all over the Internet a few years ago. And we ran it up there just like that. And it's like, whoa, that's big time. You know what I mean? Some people may have liked it, some may have not, but it opens the door. Gino Suarez had never heard the speech. Now he likes Kirby Smart, so you never know what comes out of you, it. You humanize, and then you analyze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you humanize, you connect, and then you kind of analyze where you're all at and how you all fit together. But that humanization is just critical. It's fun. It's fun. It, it is. It's, it makes a, it's why we do It's what job. we do with Salky, right? I mean, We're we just kind of humanize him. Are you hard to play against? I hope we're getting harder to play against. I remember that was a goal when, yep. when we've talked to you over, what's now, what, eight years? Yeah. This is your eighth mm-hmm. year here, which is kind of hard to imagine. Yeah. It's, are you, it's, how, how hard are you to play against? Well, I think in, in two ways. First of all, um, for us, you know, it starts on the mound. We have guys with stuff. We have guys that go after you. We attack. You know what I mean? And we talk all the time about controlling the strike zone, dominate the zone, and you do that on the mound by go getting strike one. And we have guys that do that are not afraid. I think on the other side, you know, in the batter's box, you know, we didn't hit for the highest batting average last year, but we found a way to get guys on base. We were second in the American League in drawing walks. We created opportunities, and then in the second half, we figured out how to hit home runs, and that was pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> along the way, you start playing against teams, and you, you know people in the other dugout, and they're like, oh, man, we hate pitching against your guys. You guys, get, we get you down to 0-2, 1-2, and it's foul ball, foul ball, ball. All of a sudden, you look up, we've wasted nine pitches, and then we walked a guy. You know, it's it's a Hagerty. It's a Demo. It's a guy they're not really, like, that worried about. But all of a sudden, that guy, through doing those little things really good, changed the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, as a manager, that's something I, I, I wish, I hoped we could grow into. 
certainly got to have the right personnel to be able to do that. You have a belief system amongst your organization that this is valuable. Guys buy in. It's working. We are uncomfortable to play against. I want to get as uncomfortable as we can. Part of that will tie into maybe the new rules, you know, and, and what we do there as far as, you know, being aggressive on the bases and some different things we're going to try to incorporate as the spring training goes along. But uh, looking forward to the season. I, I really am. Last year was great. But like I said at the end of last year, I said it to our team opening day, we're just getting started. You said you're happy not to have to answer any more questions about the drought. Go ahead. I'm happy not to have to ask any more questions about when this team's going to get into a brawl. After oh after God. last year, the question's been oh retired. Oh, my God. I, I don't have to ask it ever again. Oh. It's now been retired. You won't ever ask that question again? Well, after 20 more years, maybe. <laughs> okay. But now I feel like, you know, we got to see what it did. It carried the Mariners to ending the drought. So I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what carried it. That's what, hey, know, whatever, I'm whatever, just saying. Whatever you want to run with. All right, I'm we got to go. With. Scott, thank you. Congratulations. Uh, last year really was fun. Thanks, and uh, really cool to see where this thing is going and feels like the mission is still incomplete and the guys are taking that real seriously. So they really are. The last thing I want to throw out there before I jump off is that it has changed down here. The number of people from the Seattle area, the Pacific Northwest, that have been to spring training early in camp and just so excited about this team and where we're going, it's awesome to see. Um, it, our players have noticed. I have noticed, um, and it's 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 you know it's not just the little kids. It's the the older folks that have been around and followed the Mariners for twenty some years and are so excited about this group. So appreciate all their support and uh, get them in shape. And we're looking forward to March thirty. That might be because of you guys. It might be because it's snowing right now. And see, I mean, <laughs> I like could, both could, both things could be playing yeah, a role. Could there. be part of it. Scott, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Continue good luck, and we'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten. Thanks, guys. Appreciate. it. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah, so we call it Power Hour, Brock, mm. uh, from 8.30 to 9.30 this morning with first Kelnick and then Scott Service. I think it's a pretty good window into this team and, and where they're at. This hour is brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. And just so happy to be down here and sort of get the feeling. I think you're absolutely right, Brock, in what you said about a, a little bit of a different vibe. It's, it's not camp fun. That's not to say they're not having fun, but it's not camp fun. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Last year I had made all those comments about none of these guys are wearing uh, headphones. More of the guys are wearing uh, their their ear pods are out, especially early in the morning. Not kind of once they get into the workout section together, but mm -hmm. when they're here early, it's et cetera. You do see a little more of it, but I noticed just a little more intensity than I think we've seen in the past. Yeah, managing is such a different deal than coaching. Every time that we have sat with these managers over the years, and thankfully here for these Mariners, it's been the same guy for eight years. And I think that's part of why they broke that you know, playoff streak and finally had continuity and able to build and see a vision all the way through, whether that's the athleticism or the teaching or the cohesion or all the things that Scott's important. But that managing job, is so it's parenting. In a lot of ways, it's, it's a, it, it almost feels, I don't know if you would agree or disagree with that, but it almost feels closer to parenting than it does Perry Hill coaching. The Perry Hills and the pitching coach and the hitting coach and the Edgars and the Dan Wilson, who I just caught up with, and it's always great to see him. I mean, these guys are coaching the yeah. fundamentals. They're you know coaching the little say? details. It is like parenting, but I'm going to, and you can probably speak to this more than me, it feels to me more like parenting teenagers than elementary school kids. Because elementary school kids, you still have the hammer. Correct. Right? You, you still got the hammer. You're going to your room. Take right. a nap. Get out of here. Yep. I, I'm done with you for a little while. You're yep. grounded. You're this. You're that. They're afraid of you. Yep. And so, you know, you have to cook them dinner. They, they can't survive without you. Yes. 
teenagers yep. don't have to listen to you. So That's you right. got to strategize yes. how you're going to convince is. them to do what you want them to do without just straight up telling them. And I think that's what Scott yeah. finds himself doing every day. How do I put these guys in a situation where they do it themselves? Because I don't have the hammer. I, they're not worried about playing time. It's not like Pete Carroll who's going to cut Lendale White. He can't do that. Yep. And it, it, it's a thousand percent correct. It's managing you know, or parenting teenagers where you have to tell them the why his answer to Julio. Yep. I got to be around him every day. I got, I got to have a little contact, a little point of contact kind of every day, kind of like probably parenting a 20 year old, you know, just to some degree, like you're a grown up, man, this is your life. You're making your choices and I want you in commercials and I want you out there, but I always want you to have the Julio Rodriguez brand underneath the Mariners brand. Underneath the umbrella and the banner of what we do. You know, his little story about Jared Kelnick and the music. Beautiful. A beautiful example of that. Hey, man, you know, you're in the car with brothers and sisters. What, what station are we listening to? What music are we playing? You know, here's what I like, but I know that Haley likes this. Hey, by the way, happy 20th birthday, Haley, today. Oh, big day. Yep, I'm out of the teenager zone with one. Wow. I'm, I'm definitely old. Uh, you know, I know that Haley likes her country music, and, you know, so we're going to play a little country. We're going to mix in a little pop, and we're going to play a little, you yeah. know, and, and it's and as funny as that may sound, like Jared today, hey, man, you're in charge of music. Why don't you talk to uh, Suarez? Why don't you two get on the same page and put it together? You no, know, that's underrated. It is. It really is underrated. And I've I've had. And this you know conversation what? Scott wouldn't have been before. able to do that in year one because well, he, he didn't tried. know Jared the way that he knows Jared. He tried now. to do it off the bat, but I think it was harder with Felix and Seeger and you know some of the Cano, yeah. some of the guys that were here at the time. They weren't as open to that. Right. Right. They'd been doing it. No, one I want to play my music. Right, and quite frankly, I want to do it on my schedule. They'd seen managers come and go. Yep. I'm not going to bend the knee for this guy because I don't know whether or not he's going to be here in a year. Mm-hmm. Well, now Scott's been here for eight, and he is going to be here next year, and he is going to be here for a while. And he and the guys do have to kind of respect him and look up to him, et cetera, and it makes a lot of those things easier to do. I, in particular, like what you just said, though, about Jared and, and Suarez. Ben, I've, I've talked to you, I don't know how many times about this. It is one of my big theories about baseball. Maybe it's changing a little bit over time and evolving. Getting through that language barrier in the clubhouse is yep. a big deal, big man. Big deal, man. And we've seen it in here. I remember being down here in spring training, and you had a Latin corner, and you mm-hmm. had a southern white guy corner, mm-hmm. and you had some black dudes over here. Mm-hmm. And it just it's hard for those multiple groups and different languages to come to a couple of Japanese speaking right. guys, right? It, it, maybe on some teams, a Korean speaker, right? I mean, all of a sudden it's the Venezuelans and the Dominican guys and the Southern guys and a couple of West coast dudes. And, yeah. and they're very separated and it can get clicky, but, and the first guy I saw do this was Mike Lowell, who won a, a world series MVP in 2007, if you can bring those two groups together, mm-hmm. he was bilingual mm-hmm. and was a, a, a fantastic, he was a Cuban-American guy, bilingual, and able to bring together two different groups. Yep. And if you've got a Manny Acta who's bilingual and brings together different groups, or you have a Tom Brady who decides he's going to go play dominoes with some of the guys that don't look like him mm-hmm. when he's a young player and bring Lawyer Malloy and Ty Law into his world and vice versa, yep. It can go so far. So if you can get Jared Kelnick and Eugenio Suarez, two guys from 180-degree different crowds, 
together and get to know each other and bond over having to do a project that's hard together, mm-hmm. how much dividends can that pay off over the course of a season? And when your superstar is bilingual as well, that's I the mean, guy it, it right helped, in the center matters. of all of it. It does matter. It, it can uh, make a substantial what difference. A, what a dumb comment from Kevin Mather. It continues to blow my mind oh. that one of the things he said is that this guy doesn't speak good English. Right. And it, it just, you know, we're going to talk to him tomorrow. By the way, I had said that we're taping with Julio tomorrow. We may just have Julio tomorrow at 730. I don't know yet. I, I, again, 7.30 was a dangerous window. I know. Can you guys just be a little flexible? We had uh, some moving parts <laughs> yeah. with Jared today, and we ended up getting them, you know, an hour later than we thought. But it was worth it. it was, and it and the great. same will be true with Julio. We're going to talk to him tomorrow. The dude's English is yeah. unbelievable. Yep. And it does matter. It, it does, does factor into the way that guys connect with each other. Yep. No, there's no question about it. And okay. that's not to say you can't have that, you know, if you're not speaking great English. But if you can, it's a great advantage. Any baseball stand out to you? this stuff you and i love the team build and love the leadership love all of that was there any just straight x's and o's baseball whether the fifth guy in the rotation or anything that jumped knowing scott the way I you mean, two look, know each other I mean, he makes it pretty clear you Mark. two are like stepbrothers <laughs> scott and i uh, yeah that's pretty good that was, <laughs> is that what you think uh, yeah there's some stepbrothers too. ribbing each other yeah uh-huh. i i like scott a lot I, I i mean jokes aside i really do i have a lot of respect for him yep. and i think he's worked really hard to become a great manager. Yes. I don't know that this comes naturally to him, right? We had heard that story, and we talked about it. Remember, it ended up being a, a whole thing where I had heard stories from somebody who now I know really doesn't care for him very much, mm. but said, oh, he's not really a guy you want to have a beer with. And after a year, we're like, what the hell was that guy talking about? Yeah. He didn't seem like that guy at Almost all. Almost the opposite of that. Right? I mean, yeah. really, the, the complete opposite. He's become somebody you'd love to go have a beer with. He's funny. He's engaging. He's a player's coach, et cetera. Yeah. And I don't know whether that came naturally to him or if it's something he's really learned, but I think he really has a good sense of who he is and what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And you see it really play its way out with this group. X's and O's. Yeah, what do you want to Luis do Luis Castillo is going to start opening day. Okay. Duh. Marco Gonzalez is probably going to be your number five starter because Chris Flexen's capable of going to the pen. Mm-hmm. And Marco's not, which we already knew from watching the, the, the playoffs last year. Yeah. After that... I think he likes positional flexibility. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to run around a little bit and use their athleticism. But, man, you don't need to ask Scott. You know what the heck's going to go on out here just by looking at the well, team. And I think the other important aspect of this is and he kind of it was just a, a thrown in there, a little nugget. But what are we May 1st? Not what are we April opening day, which is sold out. Not not that day. What are we May 1st? Some of the dust settles and kind of watch guys react. And, and where's our team at? You know, and, and what, what's that DH position? And what is left field looking like? And what is that offense looking like? Are we going to be in attack mode? You bet. Are we going to do all the things that, that we did a year ago to get on base and, and hit home runs? Sure, we're going to try that. But what they look like May 1st, you know, compared to what they are in the start of opening day, uh, that will be worth watching. I have the grossest, most inappropriate ranked that we've ever done. I'm not a part of it. Coming up next, it's Brock and Salt, <laughs> Seattle Sports on 710. And thanks to Alaska Airlines and to Kitsap Credit Union for sending us here on Seattle Sports, 710seattlesports.com. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked.
All right, kind of a different rank today, Brock, but I um, I was thinking about it. Maura told me yesterday that she and Justin were at some dive bar nearby here. And that Justin Chantilly's, Chantilly's. doesn't sound nice. Oh, I wasn't going to out it. It's him. a class, classy <laughs> joint. I thought, isn't it kind of cool to be known as a dive bar for someplace? Yeah, I, think I, that's, I think that's what they're going well, for. I don't know if they're going to be excited about this next yeah, part of the story, which is you told me Justin said it had the worst smelling bathroom he's ever been. I legitimately thought I had to leave. I was like, I don't think I can. And I had an experience yesterday after that that made me think that we should rank the worst places to have to sit down in the bathroom. <laughs> the worst places. You had it? Huh? You had it? As we were driving, as I was driving home after the Chipotle that we got yesterday, <laughs> I had to go into the grocery store, which Whoa. to me is an absolute this non-starter. The Whoa. grandpa. I know. Whoa. I know. What can I tell you? And I was like, well, I'm not going to make it through shopping. So <laughs> oh I'm going to have to God. do something I refuse to do. Oh. So, okay. Worst places to have to sit down in the bathroom to, to take care of sitting business. Some honorable mentions before we get to the top five. Somehow I still well, like this better than regular rain. I mean, I, I know number one. As you know, I have no sense of smell. Right. So I could have pooped. I could have done anything in there. Yeah, we're no not problem. talking about that. Don't, don't be gross. Okay, I'm sorry. Sitting activity. But there's one spot in my life that I had to, I, I couldn't do it. Oh. So I I'll, wonder we'll, if it's on our list. We'll yeah. see. I worked hard we'll, on it. We'll this. see. Okay. All right. So some honorable mentions. The mall, where they have that weird, like, it's not in any of the stores. You have to go into the very strange hallway. Flickering fluorescent light <laughs> right. down at the end and, like, follow some terrible signs. No one's ever been in there before. A couple, right? like, uh, well, water have. fountains covered in a garbage bag. I've been in there. But it's been a while. Like, no, like <laughs> it feels like it's desolate. Okay. There's tumbleweeds around with burgers and a JCPenney's. <laughs> Number, uh, some other honorable mentions. Put your glasses on so you can read I can read it just fine. Justin, you brought this up earlier. New girlfriend's house? New new partner's family home. Oh. Especially at the holidays. I mean, what about, like, new partner's studio apartment? Or that. That's not good. (laughs) Gotta be close. That's not what you're looking for. Yeah. You're about to get close. Um, Train station? Oh, man. Bus station. station. I mean, anything of that nature. Yeah. Her whole thing. Bad. It's metal. Everything's metal. Yeah, the, anytime it's yeah. metal, it's a bad sign. <laughs> uh, I mentioned earlier the grocery store because for some reason, like, really? yeah, I, I tra- I've had yesterday. some bad grocery. <laughs> so did I. So I didn't want to. I grew up working in a grocery store and had to clean oh. those bathrooms, and they were bad. Yeah. Dive bar. Oh, yeah. that usually pretty nasty. Oftentimes, for some reason, it feels like they don't have a seat or a door. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Can we have a seat in the door? <laughs> I've never been in a bathroom without a seat. Mm. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Got some spots. Night, <laughs> nightclubs. Especially because, like, I don't know, there's a lot going on. You feel like you yeah. shouldn't be. There's usually a line. Well, there's usually an attendant if you're in a good one, but it doesn't matter. There's always still messes. Gross. Yeah. This is gross. School. I just... Such a good show, and you guys when just decided to literally yeah. put it in the toilet. Yeah. When you're a kid. <laughs> School. I mean, there's an entire American Pie character based on that mm. entire premise. Mm. So put that in there. Okay. And I'm going to say just outside the top five, the gas station. And now they're usually not great, and it's not like it's somewhere you want to go. But when you hear the four ahead of them, you'll say, oh, no, I would take a gas station over any of those five. You have to get the key and go outside. Right. That's not good. Believe me, that can be rough. But I still think you would prefer that for the next option. Okay. So here you go. The top five places. Oh, we were <clears> in the top five? No, those are, those are honorable mentions. Oh. Gosh, I made a mess. Spilled my coffee. <laughs> Don't talk here. about making a mess Oh, my now. goodness. Horrible. Number five. Rest stop slash truck stop. 
anywhere. Because if given a choice between that and a gas station, you're going to try the gas station. Anywhere for like the eight hours before that, they've been eating like Tijuana Mama sausages, mm. Uh, mm. slushies. Plus the like legit fear that you might get killed while you're there. <laughs> it's like always playing in the back of your mind. So that's number five. Okay. We are getting so many text yeah. suggestions yeah. on where Number four. Yeah. A national park. Yeah. Like where you're camping. Right. The, the pit. Well, the pit. <laughs> Anywhere without a, like a real sea or any water. You climb climb. outside? No. At the bottom of the trailhead? That thing, that's what I said. I, I opened it. it. Oh, I it, I couldn't do it. And they say to leave the seat lid open when you yeah. go in there. It's like, hey, this thing's got to breathe. Let's yeah, go. this one might be, this one could probably go up over one spot in the rankings. Yeah. But that was number four on this list. That could be number three. Very close with the porta potty. Yep. Especially at a big festival or anything oh. like that. Anytime everyone's gathered together and there's like hundreds of porta potties. I had a baseball tournament, one of the first tournaments with this new team. First tournament of the year. They only had two porta potties for four fields. It's not enough. And by Sunday, it was, and, you know, yeah. God bless you, Jacoby. I love you, brother. And he, I tried to open the door. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. And Titus' teammate just went right on in there, did his business somehow, some way. But those, those two are, are very similar. Four. Festival yeah, those two are very similar. Four. So we'll put them together at number three and four. Number two on my list. Now, this one you don't see much, but I can promise you this was the case at my high school. The open door locker room where there's no doors on the, on the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And, like, you get your, like, 75-year-old coach who's sitting in there yep. just doing his business. Yep. And you're like, dude, that is awful. Rancid. No one will use that. Nebraska. List is teaching me is that I'm really glad I'm a woman. The no uh, University of Nebraska guest locker room, yeah. you have a trough and then just toilets. No doors. Awful. No, 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 wow. nothing. No separators. That's so bad. Oh, it's text, and that is pretty dehumanizing. Text from the 206 says the uh, Oakland Coliseum. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, we don't even talk about the bathrooms there. No, I mean, just like going in and you're in it. There's only one right, place I could think left. of that is go. worse than the open locker room. By the way, these are all non-starters at this point. Like places you just say not happening. There's a level of very small degree. Well, I've said yes to every one of them in my life. But, yep, yeah, okay, number one. Yep. Greyhound bus. Oh. Absolute non-starter. Oh, oh. I mean... Flat no. Yeah. Hard Wait, pass. Plane, Hard no. Was plane not even on your list? Plane's bad. You got the air circulation. It's not that bad. Thing. It's a hard okay. flush. Yeah, you get that. There's always like someone waiting right outside the door, and there's, there's every, people are right. That's their problem. It's a hard flush. That's their no. problem. I'm not worried about them. It's about me. <laughs> Ew. There you go. That's uh-huh. pretty good ranking. That's strong. Uh, a little gross, any, but strong. Anything metal that looks like it needs to be fire hose down. All right, Shannon, don't worry. On Thursday, <laughs> my dad will be here, and he's got a normal ranking for us, okay? Well, what you call normal. A list. Julio Rodriguez should join us tomorrow. Perhaps other people as well. I think some Pete and John sound from the old combine. That should be great as well. So stick around. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Bump and Stacy up next. The Hay. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!